everybody, and welcome to another True Stories of Tinseltown. And I have someone, I a very dear friend of mine and yours, I just love her, Miss April VVA. How are you, dear April? I'm doing great, Grace. It's, it's so cool. I'm so happy to be back with you. I've missed you so much. Me and we've too. talked and we've been trying to get stuff, but of course my life's a mess, but we're, we're on this. I want to thank Deborah, who gave the idea of this series that we are doing, and it's on Showbiz Moms. And thank you, Deborah, because it's a really good idea. I talked to April right away, and she said, yeah, and Eureka, we're doing it. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm just, I'm so, so happy to be doing it. And yes, thank you to Deborah because this is an excellent idea. Um, and Grace and I have really good series ideas in our heads, but this one I think just really was like, oh, yeah, we got to do that. Yeah, because um, I didn't think of that really. You know, I didn't think of the stage mother thing. And I just thought, that's wonderful. Yeah, we can do that. So we got it. We have it handled. So today we are talking about, want to tell everybody, April? Yes, we are doing the infamous um, Jean Poe Harlow, better known as Mother Jean, although it is debatable if she ever actually went by that, and sometimes um, erroneously entitled Mama Jean, which is absolutely not true. See, that's what I always thought her name was, Mama Jean, until you told me it was Mother Jean, and now you're saying it might not be Mother Jean. Oh, I am perplexed. <laughs> we'll get into it. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll get into it. Um, so, you know, I guess we'll, we'll start with the beginning with, uh, with Mother Jean. Miss Poe. Um, yeah, Miss, Miss Poe. Um, she, she was born in Kansas City, really came from a really wealthy family. Um, and supposedly she wanted to, you know, just get into movies. Now, I have to say, I don't know if she was actually like vying to get into movies when she was like 15 because movies would have still been relatively new. You know what? I shouldn't say new, but you know what I mean. Was she, they where was she been, living? Yeah, they would have been the silence and really, you know, she could have been in that horrible movie. What yeah. was that? Birth of a Nation or something I was like that. Say, yeah. I, yeah, she could have been Birth of a Nation. She probably would have liked it. No, uh, I should not say that, but... Yeah, no, supposedly she, you know, wants to get into movies and her dad, whose name is Skip, was like, no, you know, you're not going to get into movies. You're going to get married. So in 1908, she marries Montclair Carpenter. Um, And the marriage really isn't a good marriage. I mean, her dad's, you know, arranged it. Mont is a dentist and she just gets very, very resentful and she's unhappy in her marriage. And, you know, uh, like you said, people say, Oh, she wanted to go into movies. I think she probably wanted to go into stage work. If I'm honest with you, because stage work would have been a little more respectable at that point. But regardless of what happened, um, you know, she's like 16 years old and she marries Mr. Carpenter. Wow. Um, and then in, in a couple of years, she's pregnant and she gives birth to her one and only child, Harleen Harlow Carpenter on March 3rd, 1911. And to say that she is um, obsessed with her baby, I think is a bit of an understatement. This baby is her world. Um, and she calls her the baby and everybody else did too, right? That 
So yeah. at the studios, they called her the baby. Yeah, everyone just calls her the baby. And, you know, she, she has that nickname really up until she dies. Supposedly, um, you know, it's not until she's five years old that she actually learns her name is Harleen. <laughs> she's just the baby? Yes, my name yeah, is just... the Baby Carpenter. And don't I have yeah. the best teeth because my daddy is a dentist. No cavities. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> No, exactly. No, she's just, she is just convinced, you know, their name's the baby. And I mean, it makes sense, but she goes to Miss Barstow's finishing school for girls. This is in Miss- and that's when Missouri. She, is she in Missouri yes. now? Yeah. Um, and that's when she learns, you know, oh, hey, my name's actually Harleen. It's not the baby. Um, <laughs> and um, Mother Jean is... And I'm just going to use Mother Jean throughout this because I think most people will recognize that terminology more. Mm-hmm. Mother Jean is very, very protective of the baby. And she's a very possessive. And she they they form a relationship that is very mutually dependent on one another. Um, and, you know... Supposedly, Mother Jean's, you know, says to an interviewer, you know, she was always all mine. With her husband, um, did she go to, uh, she was certainly, you know, she played the Tootsies, but she came from a decent, you know, like middle class, upper middle class back, background and because of her father. But she didn't really mm-hmm. have a relationship with her dad. So her, so where I... Uh, her relationship with her dad is wait are we talking about mother jean i know mother jean can't stand her dad but oh yeah <laughs> but no so jean yeah so little jean um little jean loves her dad but he's a very passive person mm-hmm. and he frequently just does what mother jean wants him to do and so you know he's just kind of like they get divorced in 1922 when, you know, Jean's 11. And um, it's just kind of like, okay, like, I guess I'm being divorced. I mean, he, I, I, I shouldn't say, Mont does make an effort to see the baby, but Mother Jean very much is like, no, we're not going to do this. And so it's kind of like he doesn't really put up a whole lot of a fight i mean he will in certain instances but just not really he, he really doesn't do a whole lot but and so it's just kind yeah. of like what other whatever mother jean wants you but know mother, mother jean, jean is God. going to get but the thing is in those days it was not unusual for divorce and fathers not seeing their daughter their children anymore that like now, it's like, you know, you go to pay your child support, whatever, and hopefully more fathers want to see their kids. And he did want to see his kids, but the courts were not really on that side. You know, they're more on the mommy side. Oh, yeah. No, mo- most definitely. I mean, it's it's very—a mother has to be in pretty bad shape of this, and I swear I know someone's going to listen and be like, well, it's the same today, but mother has to be in, like— Absolutely, just like near like catatonic, you know, just extremely crazy not to get custody of their kids. Did you know? And I mean, I think Mother Jean would have fought tooth and nail. Yes. Whether he Uh, fought, he he wouldn't have gotten it anyway. I just want to mention, um, this is a good podcast for everybody to listen to about a stage mother, and it is a freaky. It's Peggy Ann Garner, who was a wonderful child actress, Tree Grows in Brooklyn, all this other stuff. And the woman who wrote the book, Sandy, she's dead. God rest your soul. <laughs> Bless you, Sandy. She wrote it about 20 years ago, and I'm so glad I took notes because she she's like, yes, that's right. But it's a good book because this mother was a Lollapalooza. She always kept bad checks. She was in the slammer so many times when Peg, that little girl was, it's just an incredible story about mother who's, who was dominating and uh, yikes. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I just thought of just a horrible mother like her. And mother Jean was not like that. She was pushy and bossy, but she wasn't a criminal. <laughs> no, no, that, yeah, that's uh Yeah, so that's a whole different can of worms. Yeah, and 
anyway, I think, and we'll get we'll get into it because I know a lot of stuff with Mother Jean is because of Jean's death. But you know, I do think that a lot of people kind of forget that Jean is an adult. Mm-hmm. You know, while she's a star, and it's like. She listens to her mom, obviously, and there's, you know, a very unhealthy codependency there. I'm not denying that. But it's like Jean really doesn't try to separate herself from it like that often. And when she does, she ends up going back. And it's just, it's just, I don't know. They they have a weary. Anyway, I'll go back. Um, so it's 1922. You know, they, they get divorced, obviously, as we've established, you know, Mother Jean takes custody of the baby and that's that so in 1923 um mother jean is now 34 years old and she's like i'm going to become an actress in hollywood yeah, it wasn't about jean jean also got married before that right no no so this is this is no this is when jean's like 13 years oh. old or 12 years old. She'd mm-hmm. be like 12 years old. Um, no, she's like 12 years old. And this is Mother Jean's like, you know what? Now's the day I'm going to go become a Hollywood actress. She goes to Hollywood and they're like, lady, you're too old. She was attractive. But, you know, at that, unfortunately, at 34, you know, you're like washed up. And to start in a movie, whatever, unless you wanted to be a character actress or something like that. And I don't think Mother Jean would have liked to have been like uh, the maid or the best friend or something like that. But they did just tell her she's too old. I mean, that's yeah. kind of sad. And I mean, I'm not body shaming her, but I will say Mother Jean is, you know, always kind of a fleshy woman. And it's like, I don't think she would have made it even when she was really young. Cause she's never like really like tiny. Cause like, if you look at Mary Pickford's clothes, Mary Pickford oh was God. tiny. Well, they have size zero now. Just, you know, can you believe that? It's like people are thrilled when they get into a size. It's like just disappear toots, a size zero. So that's what these women were so tiny. Also, they were only like four eleven, five feet, maybe a lot of a uh, classic, you know, silent um, uh, movie women were teeny, teeny, weeny, weeny. And they only had one woman who was really uh, fleshy, not fleshy. She, and she was never fat, May. They called her fat, but she wasn't. And she brought in so much money. And she started, geez, how old was she? She was 33, right? In her first movie. She was 38 in, in her, oh, when Lord. she first went to Hollywood. But she had uh, background, the funny things she did on Broadway and things like that. She was amazing. Right, yeah. No, and that that's a good, that's kind of a good way um, to describe Mother Jean, even when she's, you know, at her, like, thinnest. She, she was just, like, a very, you know fleshy woman kind of like you know may west is like very like has a lot of flesh impact not saying she's fat she's voluptuous yeah she exactly she's voluptuous and that is you know how mother jean is built as well she's just she's not going to fit this early 20s ideal of these extremely small and tiny women it's just it doesn't work um and, you know, plus she's 34 years old. I mean, putting aside, you know, everything, you know, with her, you know, how she looks, she's 34. It's not happening. Um, but while she's there, uh, she puts Harleen and at the Hollywood School for Girls. And she's, you know, hanging out with Irene Selznick. And she meets Douglas Fairbanks Jr. You know, and she's hobnobbing with, you know, all these stars and producers and studio heads kids. Um, but in, you know, 1925, um, she, she has to drop out. So they're, they're in Hollywood for about 18 months. Um about maybe two years, but somewhere in there. So they're, you know, they're going. And finally, Mother Jean realizes, hey, I don't really have any money. She's basically gone through her settlement. And Skip Harlow tells her, you need to come back or I'm going to disinherit you. So they return. 
Um, and this is where Skip takes his granddaughter and he puts her at Camp Chantanka, which I Chant Chantunka. I think it's Chantunka. Um, which is like a girls' camp. And the baby uh, becomes very sick while she's there and she develops scarlet fever, which obviously will come back as to why this is so important later. Um, but mother Jean, um, cause this camps in Michigan. Um, and of course they're in Missouri. She goes all the way to Michigan to care for Harleen. And she rows herself across the lake to the camp. <laughs> Go, Mama she, Jean. Go, Mother yeah. Jean. Go, Mother Jean. Yeah, no. Never. So she, she's like, I'm going to take care of my baby. <laughs> she rose it. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, Jean is, you know, little Jean is very sick for like, you know, a very long time with this. And Mother Jean is not going to leave her side. Was she a Christian scientist? She liked to claim she was a Christian scientist. Um, Mother Jean always enlisted doctors. Um, there, there's this, and I'll, I'll get into into that when we get towards the end because that's that's a whole conversation. Um, she was a Christian scientist when it suited her, but she was never someone who was going to deny medical care. Right. Um, you know, and the main thing with scarlet fever at this time is you just have to hope you get over it or you die. There's no, there's no like real options there with it. Jean just stayed at the camp. Mother Jean, why didn't she go and row her daughter back so that she could go to a doctor or be home or do something. Was she too ill to be rowed back? Yeah. So she, they, they have her, if I remember correctly, they have her like sequestered in like an infirmary. Um, and they might, they might have eventually transferred her to the hospital. I can't quite remember on that, but either way, mother Jean is just by her bedside nonstop. Well, I think she, any mother would be, you know, my mom would, right. been, you know, Unless you're a crappy mother. But most, if you're really ill, I think your moms would be right by your side. No, no, most definitely. Um, So, you know, Jean obviously gets over it. Um, But there are some, there are some issues uh, that they they can't possibly foresee. Um, For the rest of her life, um, Jean Jr., will, you know, constantly sunburn very easily. Um, she'll go through bouts of just mysterious illnesses, which, you know, now we can look back and say, hey, this was from the scarlet fever. But at the time they were like, oh, no, you know, she's just like a sickly person. Jean was so uh, white, but she was beautiful. I mean, she had her skin. They said up close when they looked at her, she looked like a the baby and that she was just gorgeous. You know, if you see pictures of her, the picture book that guy did, which was amazing. Um, Jean just was beautiful. No, she, she absolutely. Yeah. She just, she, she glows. Um, but when she gets sick, I mean, her skin, um, you know, like it takes on kind of like a grayish color and, you know, she gets those really bad under eye circles and it's like, you know, now we can recognize, oh, hey, this isn't quite normal. But at the time it's just like, you're sickly. Um, but anyway, so, so, so we have all of that. Um, but eventually, obviously, Harleen gets better. And uh, Mother Jean decides to move to Lake Forest, Illinois. Um, and she puts little Jean into the Fairy Hall School. And the reason they do this is because Mother Jean has a new boyfriend who's named Marino Bello. And this, to be honest with you, is probably going to be one of the most significant, I would say the most significant relationship of Mother Jean's life. Definitely. Um, 
you know, and interestingly, the baby is not at her wedding. Why? Uh, but, you know, it might be because baby Jean is focusing on getting married as well. And that same year, she marries Charles McGrew, who is actually a very, very... Um, blue blood. Wealthy, yeah, blue blood wealthy trust fund baby and contrary to what people like to claim they were actually married for you know a couple years mm-hmm. and they live a very extravagant lifestyle the country baby club. baby jane right country club yeah they, you know, they live in Chicago for a little bit and they move to Los Angeles and he buys, you know, the house in Beverly Hills and they, you know, neither one's working mm-hmm. and they basically just party all the time. I mean, they both, now we would look at them and say, Hey, these people are like barely functioning alcoholics. Yeah. They're like, dilettantes. Um, yeah. But, you know, at the time it's there. And part of the reason they moved to Beverly Hills is because Chuck is wants to get, you know, the baby away from her mom. I don't blame him. Any husband be like, Amscray, other May. You know, and probably worse it, words, you know, I'm sure. Exactly. Um, you know, and that's just, that's just. You know, he's like, we're just going to live this. And, of course, it really can't. The relationship's not able to last. You can't just last by having parties every night and hobnobbing with, you know, people. You know, kind of like living like this, you know, Gatsby slash Daisy Buchanan fantasy world. Well, how um, old was and he just, She was pretty young, right? Jean would have been 17. When when this because they got divorced when she was eighteen, um. So yeah, Jean Jean would have been about seventeen, and she's just like having these drinking parties with her husband all the time. Um, and I mean, I can't I can't blame either one of them. He's only twenty one, right? And she's seventeen. I mean, it makes sense why they're like, woohoo! Okay, you know, here we go. I you know, let let me tell you, in my twenties and stuff, I did my share of woohoo partying and things like that. And, you know, it was fun, but you get past it. And I was never wealthy and could never live that kind of life that Jean and her husband lived. But, you know, that's what kids do. Not every kid, but the majority, you know, you kind of whoop it up a little bit. Exactly. Um, so, you know, they're just, you know, they're, they're doing this and eventually, um, Mother Jean moves out there. Uh, and she she moves out there. Um, really, they move out there like beginning of 1928. And Mother Jean is out there, you know, by about mid-1928. Hubby? Um, Hubby came too? Oh, yes. Bell, Bello is with her. And, you know, he's, he's going to do his thing. And... I, I don't want to spend too much time on Bello because he's really not as important of the story no, as he would have no. liked to have thought he was. Yeah. But basically, he's a shyster. He's, you know, always trying to get people to sign up for, like, phony oil wells and stuff. <laughs> I mean, he's just, he's just a shyster. He's like the uh, old-fashioned virgin, version of a Nigerian prince, right? <laughs> if you yeah, exactly. And my barrister, right. Exactly, you know, and he's, you know, he's foreign and she's like, oh my gosh, he's so great. Um, but anyway, so she's out there. Um, and Harlene, I, I do have to give, you know, Jean, Harlene slash Jean Jr. I, I know I'm using both of those names interchangeably. She's kind of realizing like, hey, you know. I don't, I don't know if I can like keep living this life. Um, but on a dare, she agrees to go to a movie audition and, you know, casting director, you know, at central casting sees her and is like, Oh my gosh, you are great. So she signs the name Jean Harlow. Now, this is where stuff gets a little, you know, gets a little 
like stage mommy. Uh-huh. Um, Harleen starts getting offers and she's just like, well, I don't like really want to do this. I mean, I think she wants to, you know, get all the house and stuff, but I don't think she really thought like want to go into movies. And then mother Jean supposedly is like, you need to do this. You need to start doing films. So she, you know, starts taking work. Um, eventually by the end of 1928, she signs a five-year contract with Hal Roach studios. Um, you know, and she, she does a lot. I shouldn't say a lot, but she has a few of the Laurel and Hardy shorts. Have you You ever seen any of those? Yeah. I mean, one of them are dress. Yeah. Um, you know, and she's just she's kind of, you know, doing her thing. Her first speaking role is uh, with Clara Bow in The Saturday Night Kid, um, which Clara Bow was an absolutely adorable woman. Uh, but, yeah, you know, she, Jean very much stands out with that, you know, super bright blonde hair. Um, you know, and Mother Jean... It's very, very supportive of all of this. Um, in June of 29, uh, Jean had been working for about six months in films, and she moves in. She finally leaves Chuck. She moves in with Mother Jean and Mario. Mr. What's Bello. His What's his first name? Marino. Marino, Marino Bello. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she moves in with Mother Jean and Bello. And, you know, really... Her career, you know, goes up and her mom's there, you know, basically all the time on set. She, you know, gets married to Paul Byrne. And we all know how that went. Yikes. Yeah. Um, They get married on um, in 1932. And. He dies very shortly after. Um, by, by he commits suicide, and I know there's a bunch of murder theories and everything, but at the end of the day, it's most likely that he just commits suicide. Um, Jean allegedly and, was at her mother's house, right? She was at Ma- Mother Jean's. Yes, she was at Mother Jean's house. Um, Paul burned to. Um, I mean, they're all dead, but. <laughs> I try to, I try to say nice things about the dead. Paul Byrne, though, was very now the things of like that he was beating her every night. I mean that stuff isn't true, but he's very condescending with Jean, and he's another one who wants to get her separated. You know, from her mom, he's just like this has got to stop. Um. You know, but like you said, I mean, and Jean, I will, I will give Jean credit. Jean does try, but she just can't get herself to do it. And I think, you know, a lot gets put on mother Jean, but I think, you know, it does a disservice to both of them to ignore how the baby wanted this relationship as well. Um, you know, and obviously there's a lot of raising issues there, but I I think, you know, it's very disingenuous act. Like everything is strictly on mother Jean's shoulders. I don't know. I don't think so at all. Actually, she was Jean, you know, she loved Jean and she wasn't like one of these horrid, like Judy Garland's mother or, uh, you know, these other mothers that are, are witches, you know, this one, I think, took advantage of Jean. Jean paid for everything, but I believe she totally loved her daughter and Jean totally loved her mom. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, Jean then finds herself in a scandal. Jean, <laughs> there's too many Jeans. The baby finds herself in a scandal, um, and she marries Harold Rawson, Hal Rawson, um, who is a cinematographer. And there's there's arguments about their this marriage. If it was you know strictly a year old scandal, if you know they were you know just friends, and he agreed. Okay. Okay. So a lot of people, you know, think they're. 
think they're just friends. And she's in this scandal because she's involved with boxer Max Bayer, who is currently separated from his wife, Dorothy Dunbar. Um, and Dorothy is saying, look, I am going to name Harlow, uh, you know, in our divorce, you know, paper. The divorce, right. Right. You know, I'm going to get her for alienation of affection. And so MGM is like, holy shit. Right. Um, no, I shouldn't say that. MGM is freaking out. And they arrange for her to marry Rawson. Um, what ends up happening with it is the marriage... It just doesn't, it doesn't go well. He, though, does try to get her separated from her mom. He's like, look, your mom can't live with us. You know, you gotta, you gotta, like, just stop this. Um, And it's just, I think in his own way, I think that Hal wanted this marriage to work out. Um, but I don't think that either one was madly in love with the other one at the same time. Does that make sense? Yes. It was a marriage of convenience. They liked each other a lot. They were like best, you know, they respected each other, but Gene, you know, wasn't in love with him. So it makes a lot of sense. And funny thing, um, true story of Tinseltown tidbit, um, the rest, the guy, Max Bear, his son, was Jethro Bodine, Max Bear Jr., in the Beverly Hillbillies. And an FYI, Gene used to park in front of the house. That is like really, you know, Gene mm-hmm. amps, you know, that's, you know, no, that's that's bad. That's like, have dignity. That wasn't really very dignified. I love her, don't get me wrong, but, you know, if you're doing something and they're married and everything, don't park in front of the house. It's not right. But I know people do it anyway. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah, no, there's just, there's just a lot going on. So Mother Jean is, you know, they, they get divorced after eight months and Mother Jean um, is getting rid of Bella and she's, you know, glad that Hal's going to be out of the picture. Um, you know, so it's just, you know, they're two, two single ladies out on the prowl. Um, yeah, babies, no girls, yeah. Um. And Mother Jean, I mean, you know, obviously she's older, but she is, you know, still a reasonably attractive woman during this time. Right. So I, I, I can see why, you know, people were interested in her. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mother Jean, though, uh, or I shouldn't say Mother Jean, Baby Jean uh, is sitting there and she starts going out with William Powell. And this relationship... I have to say, he is more accepting of Mother Jean than um, some of the baby's past relationships. Um, but the relationship just really isn't isn't going to work out. And, you know, I think people have really romanticized it because obviously she passed away. You know, he paid for you know, stuff with her funeral and, and her he crypt. was truly devastated. When and she he was, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, they, they were, they were about to end it and people get so like mad about that. But, but if you read, uh, it's really something that was there. I don't know that they would have ended it, ended it, but they would have ended it and maybe gotten back together. No one knows. We'll never know. But the thing with that is she didn't, uh, Mother Jean did not get rid of um, her husband. And Jean was paying all, uh, the baby was paying all the rent and all the bills for um, her mom, right? And, and uh, I, uh, I didn't think that she had divorced him or maybe she separated from him and got back together with him. Yeah, they're, they're, they're going back and forth. I mean, she she's done with him by the time the baby passes away mm-hmm. i mean they're they're divorced by that time but yeah they, they go through on their you know periods of separation and of course Bello gets himself back in and he you know he goes out and then he's back in but by the time the baby passed away um Bello was 
completely out, which I think, you know, makes sense. Um, but she's, she's going with William Powell. Now, the thing with William Powell is he, he does sit there and he's much more lenient with things with mother Jean, but he does have certain boundaries that he wants her to like respect, Mm -hmm. which I think makes sense. I think is fair. And I would actually say that in some ways, Jean's relationship with her mom is the healthiest when she's with William Powell, because I think he does, you know, kind of help her. I'm not going to say stand up for herself because that's infantilizing her, but I do think that he like kind of pushes her to realize like, Hey, you know, sometimes you need to be willing to take a break from your mom. Well, he was also uh, maybe it was what forty one, and Jean was twenty seven or twenty six, or I don't know how old William Powell was, but it was either late thirties, early forties. Yes. So he had more experience, and he was really trying to help her out with that. Yes, and um, you know, I mean, it just it just kind of is what it is. Um, you know, they they have their relationship um, when. Jean passed away. They were both they were both in the process of seeing other people, but still technically with each other, um, which became kind of a kind of a complicated thing. Um, but you know, it's it, you've been. I'm sure you've been in relationships like that. I know I've been in relationships like that. Yeah. Um, sometimes, like you're starting to go, you know, your separate ways, but you can't quite let go. Not yet, but it, well, he had. She died, so he got to let go. But you know, who knows what would have happened? Didn't he give her um, a sapphire engagement ring? Like you could see it in *Libel Lady*. She's wearing it. And he also gave that to Carol Lombard. Yeah. He was married there, to Carol, yeah. There's a quote from a jeweler um, about that, and it's always that William Powell liked really big and, like, showy pieces, but he didn't care about quality. Well, um, allegedly, he was a cheapo. Yes. Yes. Um, and so he would pick those star sapphires, which star sapphires now um, tend to be a little more expensive than they were back then. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, one of the reasons that it does that is because there's an imperfection in the stone. Um, but, you know, he he's sitting there. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's showering here with gifts. And like I said, she he does in certain instances say like, hey, you know, like we're not going to do this with your mom. Um, but, you know, also he's closer to her mom's age. Right. And, and he, so, yeah, I think he's able to understand her a little bit. He, um, he also. Sorry for interrupting again, April. Um, He also didn't really want, he had gone through the fame with Carol when she was just coming up, and he didn't want this again with, you know, Jean and her stardom, the sex symbol, all this junk. So he really wanted a woman who would, you know, devote her time to him, not to her career. And that's who he ended up marrying. Right, exactly. Um, you know, and I think, I think you know, not to not to go off too much on a tangent, but I think his relationship with Mousy was probably his best relationship as a whole because she was more low key. Yeah, and she said she would choose him over a career any day. But frankly, Mousy, I don't know what her real name is. Her career was not exactly sizzling, let's put it that way. And she they called her Mousy. I think she's about four eleven. They met and I believe they got married three weeks later. And they did yeah, they, are, they were they never till death. Yeah. Um, you know, and he's just he lived his life, you know, with Mousy. Um, but anyway, back, back to Jean. So you know, she she has, you know, kind of a bad relationship. So nineteen thirty seven comes around. Is she living where's Jean living? I'm sorry. 
Jean is living. She she got rid of the big house mm-hmm. that Mother Jean had been in, and they moved to the smaller house. I want to say on Clubview Drive, but don't quote me on that. Um. Anyway, so she's you know there you know she's in that house and she's you know just kind of doing her living her best life. Um. And then in part of 37 like around March February February March she was doing with that movie right yeah she she's going into Saratoga and she has to get her wisdom teeth extracted um and the dentist says you know hey you know these these teeth are pretty impacted we need to do them like one at a time Mm uh-huh And Mother Jean is involved and is like, no, you're going to have to do all of them at the same time. The four? Yeah, all four wisdom teeth at the same time. And the dentist is like, okay. So they're doing it and her body goes into shock and she ends up developing sepsis from it. And she has to go to the hospital um, but you know, I mean, again, that's like proof that Mother Jean wasn't saying they're saying, "Hey, you can't do anything yeah. medical wise." Because I mean, for years they said that I didn't know that. You know, I'm she was a Christian scientist, and they wouldn't she wouldn't let anyone treat her daughter, which is false. Yeah, no, no, not at all. Or yes, you are absolutely right. That is false. There, there's no way she would have done that. Um, so she gets, you know, she gets her teeth removed, um, but, you know, she goes into shock and there's talks that she basically died. Um, but she's sitting there, um, and she's, you know, going through her stuff and she gets a little better. And then about two months later, she's still filming Saratoga. She looks like hell in that movie. You can see she's very ill in that movie. Bloated yeah. and her circle. She even has a cold. Uh, she, You can see her illness there. Yeah, no, she she definitely, it's not her best when it comes to her, how she appears. Um. So on the 27th, that's when she starts saying, hey, you know, I'm I'm not feeling that great. Um, And she gets diagnosed with influenza by the studio doctor. Um, And so, you know, it's worth pointing out that Una Merkel is working on this. And she says that, like, Jean is gray. She's like, you know, she's put on weight. She's gray. She was fatigued the whole time. She didn't actually put on weight. That was all the bloat from um, the toxins uh, building up in her body, the poor thing. Exactly. Um, and then on the 29th, that's when the big thing happens. She she sits there and she collapses on set. Um, and there's a picture taken with the director, Jack Conway and Clark Gable on the set right before she passed out. Um, Didn't Clark carry her? Yeah. So she, he carried her back to her, her dressing room. Um, and William Powell is called and he leaves and he takes her, um, to his house to make sure that, you know, she's okay. Um, so then, you know, William Powell, I mean, I will give him credit for this. He, you know, sits there and he's checking on her and he calls mother Jean and he's like, you know, there's something wrong. You need to come back because mother Jean is on Catalina Island and she goes, okay, you know, um, and Powell calls a doctor and this is where it gets really freaking crazy. And everyone's like, mother Jean is just a horrible person. <laughs> um, mother Jean supposedly tells MGM that they're Christian scientists and they won't be taking medical treatment. Now, 
the story that comes from that horrible Shulman book, you know, according to Arthur Landau, is that, you know, she's Mother Jean thinks she's super great and that she doesn't need a doctor. If she did say it, what's more likely is that she didn't want MGM's doctors involved and she wanted to use her doctors. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it becomes, you know, like the, this whole thing. Um, I do want to point out that there were actually two books that came out in 1964. Uh, the first is the Shulman book, which is just absolutely horrible. And the second is John Pascal's book, The Gene Harlow Story. And that is the far superior book. Um, and I won't read it, you know, word for word. But Pascal basically says, you know, Mother Jean has, you know, nurses at the house around the clock, you know, whenever Dr. I think it's Fishbow um, is able to, you know, be there. He makes sure, you know, Mother Jean makes sure that he is there. What ends up happening is Jean gets misdiagnosed um, And they're basically pumping her up with fluids, which is just like speeding up her passing um, instead of draining them. So they eventually go to Good Samaritan Hospital um, and they're, you know, doing everything they can for her. Um, And of course, Mother Jean is beside herself and you know, Mother Jean is making sure that she is cared for. Now, I'm not saying what she did was the best, you know, way to do it. But, you know, there's, there's nothing they could do for kidney failure at this point. They don't have dialysis. They don't have kidney transplants. Wasn't she in the hospital, though? And Clark Gable said he went there and he could smell the urine because she could not urinate because of the kidneys and it was coming out of her pores. And he loved her. He called her sis. Everybody else called her baby, but he called her sis. And then William Powell was there. Um, Was Mother Jean there when she when she died or was it just such a shock that oh yeah no she she's there so mother jean quickly realizes that dr fishbell isn't like getting her daughter better Mm -hmm. um and there's talks they had in an affair at one point that she had like a crush on him i mean i can't you know comment on that but just so everyone knows that is out there um and so she rehires an old doctor named um dr chapman and that is who die who correctly diagnoses gene as having kidney failure because fish is like oh she has the flu <laughs> um you know and they're giving her like dextrose injections which is just you know making her like which is basically just killing her right um and Dr. Chapman comes in because Mother Jean, you know, brings him in and he's like, she has kidney failure. I mean, all we can really do is make her comfortable. Um, you know, the, so Mother, you know, Jean is by the baby's side nonstop. Of course, like I said, there's nothing they can do for Jean and Jean passes away. Mother Jean... <laughs> just basically goes nuts. I have no other way. She starts dressing in the outfits that she could wear that were jeans. Oh my God. Um, really? She starts never styling. Yeah. She, like, she was mostly wearing her furs. I mean, cause they are uh, significantly different size wise. Um, but she's, you know, she's wearing jeans clothes. She colors her hair the same color as jeans. She actually looks a lot younger. Um, when she, you know, when she starts doing this, but she basically just like lives her life as her daughter. She may, you know, her daughter continues even, you know, really up until mother Jean passes away. Her daughter just is her life and it revolves, everything revolves around the baby. But if you see uh, other things or, or read certain things, it says how she is, she was obsessed with Bello 
and that, you know, they had the most wonderful sex. Maybe that's from those horrible movies. I don't know. Yeah, and she she has her thing with Bello, and I mean, they definitely have an intense relationship with each other. But at the end of the day, she's always going to choose the baby. And, you know, she, to my knowledge, um, never marries again. And she just makes it her life's mission to have people remember the baby. Um, you know, she's just sitting there and she's like, she's taking care of business, man. Um, but it's, I mean, I'll joke and I'll laugh about with you, but it's really kind of disturbing. Yeah, it is that she tries to fit her daughter's clothes and wears whatever she can, bleaches her hair, which is ironically, Jean went darker she didn't want to be the sex symbol all the time so she didn't have the bleached hair i don't know maybe your last some saratoga she did but um i don't know that's sad i didn't know that about mother Jean that she oh yeah no if you if you look her up like because she's still invited like to movie premieres and stuff i mean the people at mgm still respect her and um if you look at her She's just like, she dresses like, gee, it's really kind of creepy. It is. It's like osmosis. I'm taking my daughter into me and I'm becoming my daughter. And it's like, how long did Mother Jean live? Mother Jean passes away in 58 or 59. She lives about another little over 20 years after. And she never um, remarried? No, and her house is was just a shrine to her daughter. Um, she, because of course, you know, Jean had left everything she earned to Mother Jean, mm-hmm. and Mother Jean just was like, okay. And I mean, she, you know, she kept everything of the babies. Like I said, she basically goes through a period where she basically tries to like become the baby, right? Um, but and and I I know I'm describing her horribly right now, but I think Mother Jean was just completely devastated and crestfallen and could not imagine like her life without the baby. That doesn't mean I don't see anything bad about that because she was so close to her daughter and actually Jean was very close with her. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and she 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 makes some decisions that are poor decisions, such as like saying no one can visit the baby's crypt. No way. Uh, what, yeah, what does no. she have a guard outside there or something? Come on. Yeah, so she so she's buried at Forest Lawn in the mausoleum. So they have a guard there. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Oh you god. Twenty four seven guard. <laughs> yeah. Well, they they keep it locked after the guard goes. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the guards there. The guards there all the time. You huh. can't go in there. I mean, now I know people who have. Who have snuck in there. Today? Like at this time, they still have it that you can't go into her. Oh, yeah. No, no one can go in there. Her Jean's surviving family cannot go in there. Because Jean has, you know, cousins and stuff. But Uh they they cannot go over there. Huh. Because Mother Jean put it that it was basically just like her, William Powell, and like five other people. And that was it. And that was like a codicil in her will. Yeah, that that's well, no. So when she did the when she buried her at Forest Lawn, that's what they that's oh, what they so set she up. told the Forest Lawn people. Yeah, no, like Clark and Carol are there too. That's why you can't go to their graves. Wow, Clark. Um, yeah, you can go. You can go to. Um, you can't go to Michael Jackson's. But you can go, I believe, to um, Elizabeth Taylor's. She's in a I know, I've never, I can't say that I've been to Forest Lawn because it's just one of those things, like, it's so secret that I'm like, okay. But I can tell you, like, everything about Hollywood Forever or Westwood because those, those are very accessible. We should talk about that one day. <laughs> talk about Because yeah. I know Forest people Lawn talk security. about that. 
Yeah, so that's really sad. So Mother Jean gets buried next to her daughter. Mm-hmm. And there's a spot open that was reportedly going to be William Powell's spot, but then, of course, he was buried um, in Palm Springs with Mousy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know... I don't know how much I believe that. I don't think, you know, even Mother Jean thought that he was going to be buried next to the baby. Um, He had a lot of life to live. And yeah, he wasn't going to be alone. And certainly they were never married. So I can see where he would not be buried next to her. But uh, if you think of Kay Spreckles, wasn't that Clark's last wife? She actually okayed it that he could be buried into the crypt with Carol Lombard. Yeah. I think that was very nice of her. It was, and Kay's buried underneath him or above him, Uh whichever one it is. And then, yeah. No, and I mean, I think think that's a lot, I mean, to to agree to. you know, and I just, people make a big deal out of it. And I just think, you know what, like. They're dead. Buried. <laughs> right, they're, they're dead. dead. They don't care, they're dead. Yeah. Um, no, but I mean, she's buried, she's buried next to her mom. And I think that's what she would have wanted at the end of the day. I think so, too. I totally agree. And as a stage mom, she was not a beast. She had, her, she was controlling, yes. Um, Jean supported her and her, you know, gad, gad about kind of slimy husband, but she was not a beast like some of these people we're going to be talking about because they were real beasts. Oh my Lord. Yes. Yeah, no, she's, she's pretty low, I think on our totem pole. Yes, definitely. Stage moms. Yeah. Um, there's more of like unhealthy friend or you know unhealthy relationship basically from birth versus like stage mom and that's not to say that mother Jean didn't push her on things or you know say like hey you know you need to do this I mean she definitely did but she's not like I am going to you know beat you if you do not do this or you know I'm going to disown you you know there there's as we get, you know, further into a lot of these moms, I would say Mother Jean is probably one of the best ones. Yeah, she's like an angel compared to these other beasts. Mm-hmm. Really? really, really. Anyway, I think we did good. And guess what? Yeah. You thought 40 minutes? I thought less. And we're at an hour. <laughs> Who can you believe know? it? I can't believe it. Yeah. We are at an hour. And we talked about that. And... um uh, she died before the the Harlow movies were made, right? She did. However, there had been scripts floating around mm-hmm. for quite some time, and she was involved with at least one of them. So it's possible that that script will eventually see the light of day. I'd love to uh, see that. Those two movies were you know, a disgrace to her memory. They were, I think the one with Carol Baker was the worst. Show yeah, me I what think, it is to be a woman. Hey, yeah, she's been no. a woman, you know, she was married. Yeah. She's been married. <laughs> really overdramatic and stupid. Yeah. So yeah, no, the, neither the is Carol good. Baker. I think the Carol Lindley one is slightly it more is. sympathetic. Definitely. Definitely. But, like, it's still crappy. Yes, it stinks. But it Uh, it is much better than the one with Carol Baker. Just not a good movie. And no offense to Carol Baker. She's dead, I think. (laughs) I hate to, you know, please. The people we talk about, 99.9%, if not 100%, are dead. So, um, yeah, the movie stunk. It's just it awful. really did. Um, fun fact: there, there was a very serious campaign for Jane Mansfield to play Jean. 
Hmm. And I just think that would have been the most, and I love Jane. You know, yes, I love Jane. I know. She wrote a wonderful book. But that book. would have just been absolutely horrible casting. She would not have been. I mean, hey, what's up with Publicity? Can people still get that? They can still get it. Yes. I advise you because April for the first time, and I'm going to play these. They were so great about Jane Mansfield. And April wrote, is it now uh, condensed or do you still have part one, part two? No, I just, I just have part one. I, so I, I have, I have the big one that I'm working on, but with the fire and everything, it's been, it took like a backseat. Right. So it's, it's a really great book, Publicity. April's oh, a yeah. very good writer. And as you know, she studies, she is, uh, she knows her blondes. I am psychotic. <laughs> no, you're not. You know your business. I do the same thing. I don't care if I, I love it. I mean, what are we supposed to do? You know, what are we going to juggle or, you know, do gaming devices? No offense to anyone who does those. But, you know, come on. That's our, our thing. Good for us. You know, this is true. There could be worse things we could be doing. Believe me. That is also true. No, I think it's, no, it's fun. And there's a, there's a lot to, you know, that we get to do, but it's definitely, um, I don't know. I, I just, I like the blonde stuff. Yeah, that's, that's you. You're totally into the blonde stuff. I'm into blonde brunettes, dudes, everybody. So I try to learn a little bit about everything. But you love it. And she has a classicblondes.com, right? I'm going to link it up anyway, but you just have to check her out on Twitter and everything else. But her classicblondes.com has so much info. Check it out. And again, I want to thank the lovely Deborah for suggesting this. And Deborah, I am going to, Deborah wrote a book. She was one of the first in Washington, D.C. Um, police on the, the one with the dogs. What do you call that? canine dogs the canine unit yeah so i'm gonna link you up with that for deborah so thanks deborah i know you're listening and um thank you my lovely april i missed you doing this i love doing this with you and thank you everybody who listens i love you i love you april bye everybody i love you too grace bye everybody next week is who who are we doing next week uh, next week, we are doing um, Layla Rogers. Ooh, she's a goodie. <laughs> she really is. Okay, everybody, thank you so much. Until next time, see you later, alligators. Bye. Listen to the stories of Tinseltown.